Good morning and welcome to West Seattle Christian Church. I'm Pastor Worth. If you are new with us, welcome. If not, welcome back. And uh, we are in the middle of a new series uh, for the last several weeks called The Epic Story, which we're going to jump into in a minute. I just have one announcement for you this week. If you are new or have been with us for a while online and you want to hear more about the church and what we're all about, we just recently had a newcomer's hangout online and uh, we're going to do another one of those in the coming weeks. So look for that in our church email, on our church blog, on our Facebook page, and uh, stay in the loop there. The way we do that is you just send us uh, an email saying you want to come to that. Um, we make you send us the email so that we don't get any issues on Zoom. And we send you a private link on Zoom to, to join up with that, that newcomers hangout. You get to hang out with me and answer, get any questions answered. And I give you a bunch of stories and it's a good time to get to know each other so um without further ado we're going to jump into to uh our series here and i uh, just want to recap a couple things for you we started back in genesis chapter one and we said that god is good he is not mad he's not mad at you and he made you tov mayod he made you real good um, you're amazing god made you full of potential but the problem is that there are these voices that compete with God's voice in our lives when we should only be listening to God alone. And when we listen to these other voices, uh, that causes us shame. And then the shame causes us to get stuck in this cycle of re-offending, of re-offense, where we keep sinning because of the shame. So the way to stop sinning isn't to be uh, shamed about your sin, it's actually to get over your shame. Uh, another way to say that is the way to stop sinning is to reaffirm the truth of who and what God says you are. That's how we stop that cycle. So if, you, if you're not totally familiar with what I'm talking about here, go back to last week on our blog and the week before and listen to those messages and get caught up. But the issue is that we don't need to be told that we're wrong. Um, that's what restarts the cycle of shame when someone says, oh, look what you did. That, that was wrong. That was bad. What you need to do is tell me how God sees me as tov me'od. When you do something wrong, you don't need me to tell you, hey, that's bad. What you need me to do is say, hey, I know you did that, but God created you as tov me'od. And that's who he thinks you are. That's what I need to know. Then in Abraham, as we went through the story, we, we started, we were introduced to this character named Abraham. And Abraham, in him, God finds a guy who will finally trust him. So God comes to him and gives him a promise that the whole world is going to be blessed through his family. Um, but remember, we talked about how God says, I'm going to bless you and make this promise to you, Abraham, that your name will be great so that others can be blessed through you. You are a conduit for God's blessing. And then we springboarded off of that into the book of Judges and really into the whole Old Testament and also into our lives. And we talked about this cycle of redemption. First, we said, is it really a cycle of sin? We questioned that and said, really, it's a cycle of redemption. And what we're really talking about there uh, is as much as you want the story to be about you, it's not about you. And it's not about your sin. The cycle isn't about your sin in the driver's seat holding on to the steering wheel and driving your story. The cycle is about the testimony of God's limitless 
patience with us and for us. And that no matter what we do, God never gives up on you. He never gives up on us. And he keeps loving us back no matter what. And we're even sometimes like, God, just give up on me because I'm not going to be able to change. And he's like, I cannot give up on you. It is not in my nature. Every time he looks at you, he's like, oh my me. <laughs> you are amazing. And that's what he says, by the way. He says, oh my me. <laughs> he has limitless patience for us, a bottomless well of forgiveness. And we need to hear that. Now, I wonder if there is a way where we could live at the top of the cycle that we put up on our screen last week. We'll put that up again for you here. Where, if we are at the top of the cycle, we are at peace with God. There's shalom. What if we could just stay there? What if we didn't have to go through this process? What if we didn't have to do that? What if there was a way to perpetually live at peace with God? Really, I, there's a lot of good news here for us today because God did make a way. He sent his son Jesus as a model for us to follow. Jesus comes as a model for what it means to walk the path of God. If, if there was ever a way to live at peace with God, all we have to do is live like Jesus. It's pretty simple. It's not easy. Uh, it's simple. We, we try to make it complex sometimes, but it's not. It's simple. And you've got to keep it simple. It's like this. The Old Testament idea is that God gives you a path and then he asks you to walk in it. So he lays out this path for you and asks you to walk it. it this comes up in Proverbs uh, chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, where it says, The word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Basically, it's this. God, God's word shows us the path, right? Now, there's this thing uh, about it that is kind of interesting when it goes into the New Testament. John 1 says that, Jesus is the living word of God. The word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. In other words, Jesus is our example. He's the one who shows us how to walk on this path. And it's so funny to me because for you and I, we have this path that we want to walk, but sin is there. Sin is when we're walking along the path. We're just walking along the path. Maybe I can give you a little example right here. Let's pretend, let's pretend that there's a path. And you're walking along it. And let's actually, let's make R2-D2 be like Jesus. This analogy is totally going to break down. It's not, this metaphor is not going to work. But let's pretend R2-D2 is already on the path. He's Jesus. And he's, fo he's saying, follow me. And this is you. You're BB-8. <laughs> and I know this is getting a little bit silly. But you're walking along. And, and sin is, we're walking along the path. And we just kind of veer off and go in another direction. And we just kind of, we just kind of go off over here like this. All right? We just do that. So repentance, we, you know, you've probably learned the word repentance before. is like doing a 180 and turning around the other way. Well, so if you've walked off the path, you know, and you're kind of veering this way and you're going all over, what's a 180? Well, a 180, if you're pointing this way, it could be like turn here but, or turn here. And what if you just cross the path and keep walking back that way? Um, and we've already established that sin is not in the driver's seat of your story. Sin is not the main character in your story. It's not the one telling the tale, but repentance is really 
not a, it is a 180 in turning away from whatever it is that's that's you know causing you to sin but really repentance is getting back on that path and following Jesus the word in hebrew is shuva and it means to turn towards something it doesn't actually mean turn do 180 it means to turn towards something not to turn away from it if you're a counselor i'm just going to put these guys down for a minute if you're a counselor you can't un something. You, if you've done something wrong, you can't go back and change it. You have to deal with it as it is. So repentance can't be unsinning. That doesn't work. It's not like, oh, you're sinning. Stop it. Okay. I mean, we, we, we'd all be morons if it was that easy because we would all be like, yeah, I'm just going to stop. Well, that doesn't usually work for people, right? So there's this path and sin is walking off the path. Repentance is this. Repentance, repentance is I'm going to get back on the path. I'm going to jump back on the path. It's not hard. It's not complicated. God is saying, hey, walk the path. And we say, well, I don't know how to walk the path. God says, I've got a great idea. I'm going to give you Jesus. Jesus is your model. Just do what Jesus did. So what happens here is we veer off the path. And Jesus is like, hey, get back on the path. And we're like, no, you see how... You know, maybe you're just this far and you're like, you no way, Jesus. You see how far I am off the path? Here's the thing. God, God knows. He knows how much you've messed up. He's like, yeah, I know. Yep, I get it. I know how much you messed up. And really, when, when, we're, when we come to him, we're like, God, I, you know, I want you to tell me, like, hey, it's not that bad. But God's not going to sugarcoat your mistakes. He's like, hey, man, get back on the path right now. Just get back on the path. Look at you. Yeah, I know you're a mess. I know you're a mess. I know you blew it. Walk the path. Just walk the path. And some of us will do another thing. We're, we're like, okay, I'll come to the path. <laughs> we do this. Hey, get back on the path, BBA. BBA is like, yeah, okay, I'll get back on the path. But I ain't walking it. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to walk it. I'm just going to stay right here. And what we do is this. I know all about the path. I know all about the path. I can tell you where the path is headed. I know where it's been. I can tell you all the nitty-gritty details and facts about the path but I ain't gonna walk it. I'm not gonna do it. I just know everything about it. Listen, that is not sufficient. That is insufficient Christianity if you call yourself a follower of Jesus. Um, to, to start this story, and we're gonna continue this next week, I want to look at a really important uh, uh, parable that Jesus told in Matthew chapter seven. It starts in, uh, verse 24, and you've probably heard this before um, if you've been in church for a while. If it's new to you, just go look it up in Matthew chapter 7. You can type that in online and find it. I really recommend BibleGateway.com because it has a lot of helps for ha having you understand a lot of the scripture. Here's what it says in just the first couple verses there, starting in verse 24 of Matthew chapter 7. It says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and they beat on that house. But it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And you see, the problem for most of us, especially for those of you who call yourself a Christian, and this goes for me too, I've been a Christian for a long time. The problem for most of us is that we know, 
way more about Christianity than we are already doing. We know more than we are already doing. We don't need to learn more about our faith. We don't need more information about Jesus. We don't need to get things figured out. What we need to do is walk the path that we already know. We're supposed to walk, and most of us aren't even doing that. Just walk the path that you know you're supposed to. Will you learn more if you're walking the path? Yes, you will. When you are moving, when, when you are on a journey, what happens when you're on a journey? In your, in, you're in your car and you're moving along the highway. What happens? The scenery changes. If the scenery is not changing in your journey of following Jesus and becoming more like him and acting like him and living out your faith, walking the path, if the scenery is not changing, then something is radically wrong with the path, with the walk that you're walking, if you veered off. In fact, for a lot of you, maybe you're just standing. If the scenery is not changing, then you're just standing still. So let's look at it this way. Like if you want to go on vacation and you get your kids all loaded up and you got your snacks and you got your activities and you got the iPad for when the activities run out, which is like only 10 minutes after you've been in the car, the activities run out and you're like, here, take the iPad, be quiet. Um, you got the cooler, you got all the gear and you're packed up. And if you got all that in the car and you're still sitting in the driveway, sitting in the driveway two hours later, then there's something wrong. There's something wrong, okay? So do we need to learn more? Yep, we do. But for now, you already know everything you need to know to get on that path and start walking that path. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and they beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Now, I love this story that Jesus tells for a lot of reasons, but one part that's really interesting to me is that because the house is built on the rock, it doesn't avoid the storm. It doesn't avoid the storm. It survives the storm. It does a Lieutenant Dan from, from Forrest Gump. If you remember that part where he signs up with him and Lieutenant Dan, Forrest Gump and Lieutenant Dan have a shrimping boat. Just go, I'm not gonna explain the whole thing. Just go on YouTube and type in Lieutenant Dan and the storm. And he's at the top of the rigging and he's screaming out to God. He's having a moment with God. But the point, that's one point. The other point of that story is that they survive the storm. They're the only, they're the only thing that survives the storm. And of course, the rest of the story um, is history. But the house doesn't avoid the storm in this parable that Jesus tells. Because when you follow Jesus, there's no promise that your life is just going to be grand and brilliant and totally uh, worry-free and no stress and nothing's ever going to go wrong. That's not the way it works. You know, look at us living the dream life in Jesus, happy, happy life, you know, whatever. The floods come, the rains come, the wind comes, but it did not fall. And everyone who hears these words of mine and, does, and puts them into practice and does them is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. But... Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like the foolish man who builds his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. I love that one <laughs> at the end. And great, not just that it fell, and great was the fall of it. Verse 28 says, And when Jesus finished saying these things, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority, not as their scribes. 
And here's how I want to wrap this up. It's just a very simple summary, just a very simple summary, because what I love about this is how simple it is. Jesus says, hey, I taught you some things. Now go do them. Hey, I taught you some things. Do the things that I taught you. Now, there's really only one implication here for this week. God basically gives us a very clear model of what walking the path looks like in and through the person of Jesus. And let me tell you guys something. It doesn't matter how much you know about the Bible if you are not walking it out. And here's an example that I think a lot of us can relate to. I know I can relate to it, but I know way more than the average person does about diet and exercise and fitness and all that kind of stuff. I've been on multiple diets. I've read blogs. I've read websites. I've read news articles. I've read several books and I've tried several diets and I'm even on one right now. In the month, in the, the last month, I've run over 100 miles and, I, and, you know, and I'm trying to figure out my body as I get older. I know a lot, but there's also times in my life where, where I haven't done anything with it. I, I could, if you wanted to lose weight and feel better and get stronger, I could prescribe a diet and a plan for you that will hook you up, it'll help you out. But obviously, I haven't walked that path enough. I haven't been consistent with it. I've jumped off that, that path quite a bit. Maybe some of you are like, yeah, me too. Just because you know the path, just because you know the path, it doesn't mean you're walking it. Just because you know it. God gave us a very clear model of what it means to walk the path in and through the person of Jesus. So my prayer for you today, if you're a Christian and, and you're following Jesus, is to take this seriously. What are you going to do? You know who Jesus is. You can... Be reminded of him in the scriptures. Follow him. Walk the path that he lays out for you and take it seriously. My prayer for you, if this is all new to you, if this whole faith thing in Jesus and Christianity and the church, if that's all new to you, my prayer is that you would take a good, hard look at the person of Jesus in the scriptures and what he's doing, what he's saying, and how he is living so that you can begin to model your life after him. Um, today's message is really just about the beginning of what Jesus says at his ministry and walking this path in this, in this parable that he tells. Next week, we're going to take a look at Jesus's message to his disciples at the end of his ministry. So I want to, I, I want to see, I want to see you in here next week as we talk more about walking the path. We're going to talk about walking the path and having doubts and the help that God gives us along, along the way. So I'll see you next time. Read that story and we'll jump back into it when we're all back to here together in a week.